Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm James Deacon and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they are a dick is up to you. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is author of The Curious History of Dating, Nikki Hodgson. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? Well, I've got a bit of a sore throat, so sorry to the listeners for that, but um, I don't feel poorly. Okay. And I'm very excited to be here. I know, thanks. Because... My boyfriend says I'm one of the unfunniest people that he knows. Okay. So, obviously, I'm going to try and prove him wrong today. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. some people find me funny, is, my, is what I always say back to him. But uh, it's become a sort of competition in our relationship where I'm like, did you laugh? Was that funny? Have you laughed yet? Is that good? Is that good? Has that got you? So you want him to listen back to this? Yeah, it's just this stupid game that we now have. But it's completely worked because I'm extremely competitive. And okay. if someone tells me I can't do something, I will hell for leather go for it. Well, the listeners will soon comment, I'm sure. When <laughs> well, they... Okay, maybe if they tell me I'm not funny, I'll give up after this. <laughs> no, no, but no, hey. don't, don't, don't. No, no, it's great. Um, Nikki, uh, as always, let's dive in. Who's going to be your first person? Okay, I'm going to go for the big one. Mm. Uh, he can handle it, I'm sure. Uh, my first Desert Island dick is Anthony Robbins. Anthony Robbins. Okay, do you want to... So I had to do a little bit of research, but do you want to fill the listeners in should they not know who Anthony Robbins is? Yes, if you haven't met the god that is Tony Robbins yet... <laughs> I feel sorry for you because you're missing out and your life isn't anything like it could be without him in it. <laughs> this man is basically the self-proclaimed messiah of self-help. Yep. He has been going for about 30 years probably. He's a Californian, a Californian capitalist, uh, which is fine. Lots of Californians are. And I used to live in California and made money there, so I was too, I suppose, when I was there. Um but he, he's what he's really known for is being this kind of guy that didn't have a formal education, not his fault, um, had a really tough upbringing, and then devised this system of self-help, which he claims can make you millions, um, find you the ultimate relationship, give you the ultimate creative power. Mm. And it's rubbish. Yeah. It's absolutely mental. Uh, when you listen to it, so basically it's, it's, it's predicated on a sort of compilation of lots of other people's advice and wisdom and philosophy. So there's kind of like very thin traces of Eastern philosophy in there about mastering your emotions, for example. Mm. But the idea of kind of being the master of your emotions is actually clinically really dangerous. Yes. Because 
we're all meant to be able to feel lots of different things in different situations. Actually, our emotions are a sign of health. Um, if you're having a kind of, if you've got some trauma in your life or you've had a, a difficult experience when you're growing up, you can have an excess of negative emotion attached to something that's not dangerous later on in life. But the way to work through it isn't to kind of do these like weird anchoring techniques that he does. It's to go see a therapist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I think what's sad is that the reason he kind of came up with this stuff is because for millions of Americans, they can't afford therapy mm. and they can't afford proper health care. And if they have a proper psychiatric condition, they can't even afford medication. And yes. so what they've got instead is Tony Robbins. And that's really dangerous and sad. Mm. And, but he obviously thinks that what he's doing is this great service, uh, you know, while ever these other things don't exist. I mean, he does, he does give money to charity, to be fair to him. I mean, he's got billions of pounds, yeah. of dollars, so, you know, he can afford to do it. And he specifically works on homelessness. So I can't really knock him for giving money to people that are in need. But, you know, it's only after he's made himself okay. <laughs> excessive yeah. riches money, yeah. out of other people's mm. naivety, desperation. I've done a lot of work around relationship coaching. I've written a book on the history of dating. I've been in a lot of therapy and I've done counselling for other people myself. So I've got a kind of lot of experience of working on that uh, element of, of, of helping people. And he's really interesting because he has a kind of like really radical solution around love and relationships, which I just think is all rubbish. And it basically starts with you having to define whether your core energy is masculine or feminine. And when you go through the very basic survey to decide this, the questions are things like, do you like to be alone or in company? Um, or have you talked to three people today or none at all? Mm, Would you okay. prefer that nobody bothered you? Would you like to win or to be loved? And it's like, and these, if you just answer these questions and you get an either masculine or feminine okay, reading at right. the end. Um, one of them is, you know, again, about multitasking. I'm like, mate, we all know that actually none of us are very good at multitasking. <laughs> yeah. And it's been like a great patriarchal lie to persuade women that they're really good at doing multiple jobs just to get women to do more stuff, ah, in my okay, belief, right, uh, yeah. from my feminist perspective, um, which obviously Tony Robbins probably wouldn't like. But the, the thing about him is you can, you can say, well, you know, if he's giving people a bit of comfort, a bit of help, then maybe he's not as dangerous as you think. Mm. But this year it got a bit more serious because um, after Me Too, there was a woman that came to one of his events called uh, Nanine McCool mm. and she'd been a victim of violence. Now I think he was also abused as a child and he's really against being angry and she sort of said, she thought a sort of collective movement of people coming together to express anger and outrage and saying it's not good enough was a positive thing. Mm. And he just kind of poo-pooed her, talked over and then he actually physically pushed her away. No. Um, because that was about breaking down her ego. And he was sort of saying, um, but if you're making somebody feel bad as a result of Me Too, then you've got a problem. What? And, and this video went viral. And initially his campaign team obviously thought it was like great promo because it's really provocative. And then very quickly it was pulled down and Tony Robbins is apologising profusely saying, oh my God, no, solidarity with the sisters mm. of Me Too and all this kind of stuff. And I, I just felt like if in a... It's very telling at these kind of messianic conferences that he puts on. If when he doesn't know, he's he, you know, because even if you know you're being videoed all the time, if you're on stage for a certain number of hours, you're going you're gonna to lose the consciousness of having the camera on you. Yes. And definitely towards the end, something will often come out where you kind of get like a bubble of something that's never been said before that you kind of feel is like redolent in him mm. um, and that he knows isn't the right thing to say, but then it's kind of too late. And I think this is one of these core examples where you've got like a real kind of sliver of... The slight misogyny of Tony Robbins. Okay. The messianic quality, the belief that everything you do is up to you. He says, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. Oh my God, Tony Robbins, if we are on a desert island together and you are number one dick and you say to me, this has happened for you... 
unbelievable. I can't speak what I'll do. Oh, it no. would be illegal. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh my lord. When I was doing research yesterday, that video, you know, there's <laughs> top videos. That video yeah. didn't come up. Obviously. Interesting, because they've mm. fixed all the uh, the settings, the ratings of it. But hey, interesting indeed. Oh. So he's going in. Yeah, he's going in. So he owns an island, right? Oh my god. So this is what it would be: me crashing on his island <laughs> yeah. with him on it, waiting, like, saying, "Nikki." Yeah. Life is what happens for you, with you know with his open arms and his hot cold trail, cause, oh, uh, hot cold trail red carpet to get to him probably because yes. this is one of his tricks. He makes people walk over hot coals to I've prove to him they can do anything. He's gotten in trouble because people have got serious burns. <laughs> yeah, but then there's a really interesting story about that as well, where um, there was an episode apparently one of his conferences where there were multiple burns and uh, you know medical staff were called, but then it was reported in Huffington Post, I think, and then they had to redact it, and yes. I couldn't help feeling like. Yeah, he's probably got more money than you. Maybe that's why it's not true anymore. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you can just make it go away. But the great thing is, Tony, if you're listening, you can speak to my accountant, but I don't have any assets. I've got no house. I owe nothing. There's a bit of money in the bank, but like I'm literally talking about a month's worth of money, no savings. So you're very welcome to sue me, but you're going to get 10p back a week. Oh, yeah. So go for it. Bring it on. Have you ever met him? Have you ever encountered him? No, I'd love, him? no, I wouldn't be able to handle him, would I? I'd just go, I'd just be like a little dog, like, i just go mental on him would immediately. You? No, you I wouldn't. Think? I wouldn't. I'd plan it. I'd plan it meticulously. Mm. You know, like, I would plan it like a psychopath, like okay. what I was going to say to him. Okay. And then, I'd, and I'd push all his buttons. Would you be worried that he'd try, that he'd be able to brainwash you round to his? No. No. Because I've already been semi-brainwashed. Or someone once tried to do it to me in California. Actually, somebody I dated wow. who was a, a follower of the kind of like neuro-linguistic programming. So one of the things that neuro-linguistic pro- programming teaches is that if you, have a, if you want to, someone to have a really good association with something, you have to create an anchor for them. So... Um, and it's particularly good when they're having a bad feeling about something you don't want them to have and you want them to have a good feeling instead. So say your boyfriend, boyfriend, this is hypothetical, it didn't happen to me, but uh, this could be true. Well, maybe he did say this, I don't know. Anyway, say someone says to you, um, I'd really like a threesome, how do you feel about that? And they go, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'd like that. And then what you do is um, you get like their favourite perfume or you get a favourite picture of theirs or something. And the next time they're looking at it or spraying it on themselves, you say to them, wouldn't it be great to have a threesome? And then, like, you wear them down by association with a positive thing. What? And it's so manipulative. Oh and I had a guy God. do exactly this with me. It actually wasn't... I can't remember what it was about. It was it was about all manner of things. He was a very manipulative person. Mm. The reason it was mani- manip- manipulative is that um, he didn't have very good empathy, but he also had an undiagnosed mental health problem. Okay. And he had relied on Tony Robbins to get him through suicidal times. And then when okay. I met him, I was like, why don't you go to a doctor? which is obviously not something most Americans do because they don't have health insurance. Mm. And he went and then he got put on medication and then his life turned around. I was like, oh, look, Tony, it's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Medical intervention, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. You don't need this. Apart, you know, and like, what does he charge for people to go to his seminars? Pay a doctor that fee mm. and get a real diagnosis and some proper medical help that's been trialled and, you know, clinically approved in loads of countries. I don't know. It, he troubles me deeply. Yes. When I, when I, so when I was watching some of the videos, I was thinking, this is a really, this is a very interesting character and quite a scary character as yeah. well. Um, there's some videos and it's like, he, he uh, saves a marriage in eight minutes. Oh, uh, I, that one's hideous. He, he, um... 
cure someone of their stammer, 30 year stammer in eight minutes. I don't know why they're all eight minutes. They're all eight minutes. Yeah. I've seen that. I, I mean, and that troubles me. It's like, if you're trying to sell someone, and this is kind of actually, you've, you're actually, you've hit the nail on the head here. Uh, everything he does is about a short term solution. Mm. Um, he wouldn't call it short term. He calls it kind of like a quick, you know, like a kind of rapid solution or something like that. But you can't change deeply ingrained problems quickly. No. You have to invest in time in therapy yes. or um, lots of, you know, meditation or self-help or yoga or whatever it's going to be to kind of like break through a pattern or something. Mm. Or if you um, can't stop smoking, you have to get the drug that helps you to stop. You know, it's like this stuff doesn't work. Oh, scary. It's really scary. Okay. Anthony Robbins. Anthony Robbins. Tony Anthony Robbins. Robbins. There you okay. go. Okay, everyone. Tony Robbins. Um, quick one. There's a, there's a video in this Business Insider. goes, have you seen this? No, I don't think so. Um, it's like his uh, Tony's people invite Business Insider to go and see what he's really like on his <laughs> island for four days. And uh, this uh, young journalist goes, he... Um, Gets the plane over, he's very excited, he gets this private jet, it all looks quite exciting. Sees Tony Robbins, like private jet, and they arrive on this island. And then he's the first thing Tony's like, Do you want to see my, uh, do you want to do my morning routine? And it's like this chanting, and it's like he has to lay in a thing called the electric taco, which is two big pads that you put on your front and back, and you lay down, and it beat this machine like beats you up. Yeah. Yeah. It like, beats it beats the kind of life into you. Yeah. That's the idea. And then he drinks a drink that's um, adrenal. I don't know what. That no. is, but yeah, I know. Anyway, no, it's he's basically a cult figure. Yeah, this is the thing. This is what dangerous is dangerous about him. He's a cult figure, a preacher with tons of money. Mm. You can be as rich as me. Actually, no, you can't because you could never be as rich as Tony Robbins. He's never let you. No, yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. Okay. To- anyway, Tony let's Robin. leave him there. Yes. Um, okay, Tony Robbins. Who's going to be your second choice? So my second choice is going to be my old chum, Mike Buchanan. Mike Buchanan. Again, uh, I know who Mike Buchanan is because <laughs> I've done my research. But um, if people don't know, then who is Mike Buchanan? <laughs> Mike Buchanan is a party political leader of Justice for Men and Boys. And the women who love them. <laughs> I is, think he's the only member. Is he? Well, I'd, I've never seen anybody else aligned with him. It's just, he's the most ridiculous... I don't understand how he exists. <laughs> I he's don't like understand He's like the most ridiculous either. man. Well, I mean, let, to be fair to him, his campaign used to be called something like Shut Up Feminists or End of Feminism. And now he's moved it to justice for men and boys. So that's a bit more of a... I mean, that's actually a Tony Robbins trick, rebranding in kind of positive way uh, instead of using a negative. Um, So maybe he's been listening to him. But no, uh, actually, what's really interesting, he definitely hasn't been listening to him because where Tony Robbins is all about, you know, everything comes from you, it's all about self-help. Mike Buchanan is about the structural oppression of men and Mm. boys in the West, particularly in Britain, the feminisation of labour, the feminisation of education, um... Men having to pay all the income tax. Oh, yeah, all that income tax they have to pay when they make money from work that they do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I know. That's just appalling. Yeah. And then um, male genital mutilation. Did you know that was a problem no, in Britain? No, I didn't think that. I didn't, I've never heard of that before yeah, at this moment in time. Because it doesn't exist. But okay. if you go on a debate with him, he'll start saying, if you say female genital mutilation, which affects 200 million women in the world... Mm. He'll say, well, what about male genital mutilation, which is legal in Britain? Mm. And what he's actually referring to is male circumcision. Right. Which is a legal procedure and um, doesn't inflict any kind of lasting harm or damage routinely. No. Yeah, there's the odd case, but the, the circumstances of 
FGM versus male circumcision are just... How can he go around talking You can't about compare that? these things. Yeah. You can't compare these things. But the reason I'm putting him in is because he does still keep popping up in the media, even though he's ridiculous. I took him on on Sky News and the video went viral. Uh, probably my best time on telly ever. I think I'm allowed to be proud of it. <laughs> it is good. People um, should go and have a look. It is very I good. Think, I, I mean, I'm not going to give away the punchline at the end either because that's that was like literally the best thing I ever said on TV and I'll never surpass myself. Did you have that in your back pocket? I'll, I'll let people I didn't know I was going to do it. Okay. I, it just happened. Nice. He just brought it in on me. But, but actually, what was interesting about the debate is, um, for the listeners, it was a debate about gendered chores in, in the in the home and it was after do you remember Theresa May said um, that her and Philip have girl jobs and boy jobs and I know what she was doing she's just trying to appeal to everyone and make out they're the same as everyone else I know what she was doing but it's not very useful when you're sort of saying the the bin is the boy job now in my house I take the bin out all Mm. the time because I like to play the man sometimes okay. and I just also think it's fair to my boyfriend for, to mix it up a bit yeah. and he will do any chore and I will do any chore it's like what needs doing yeah. who's got time to do it for you know? sure um, but yeah but Mike Buchanan really took umbrage with this idea and was sort of like um, but the, re- the real issue is that men do more work than women I was like, what are you talking about? Just so ill-informed. Like, what is he talking about? And he didn't about? have any statistics to back up. And so I sort of was quoting, you know, Office of National Statistics, things about um, women do 40% more housework, even when they go to work during the day. We mm. haven't got our, these kind of habits of and all this kind of stuff. And also I was talking about the majority of care work in this country, you know, of, of children and elderly parents and disabled people and all the rest being done by women. He didn't have any evidence to kind of counter it. And then, and then he... Um, you know, he just said, but men work longer hours. And I just went, well, where's your evidence, Mike? Where are your statistics? And he's like, this is surreal. <laughs> I was like, no, what's surreal is the fact you don't have any evidence. Yeah, this and is he's surreal. like, this These isn't what fact. I came on for. <laughs> I'm like, well, what did you come on for, <laughs> mate? Yeah. This is the game, Mike. Yeah. Play it or go home. And, and, and then, but what was very disappointing after our debate is that on his website, Justice for Men and Boys, and the women that love them. He has four categories of feminists that he kind of names and shames every month. And they are lying feminists, toxic feminists, gormless feminists, and whiny feminists. Uh, feminists. Wow. And I didn't make any of them. No. And I feel really disappointed. He called you something, didn't he? He called me whiny feminist in the debate. Right. So his first opening when I said, so this is what I think about, you know, gender division of blah. And then he said... Well, this is what I think about whiny feminists like Nikki. Oh. Whining away there, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, uh, <laughs> I was just like... And he obviously thought I was then going to go... Mew, 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 mew. <laughs> but I didn't do it because I'm just like... That's the oldest trick in the book. Mm. Try and get me to shout and be annoyed at you. I'm not going to do it, Mike. When you turn up with facts and figures and you're giving... <laughs> and then he just turns to name-calling. It's just, it just it makes was, him look so but stupid. It was just so funny. And I, mem- I remember just like kind of like half laughing all the way we're going through it. And it just got funnier and funnier. And then at the end, it was just like the ultimate. But, I mean, should I, should I tell the listeners what happened? Or sure, I... yeah, go okay. for it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, as lots of people know, I used to be a dominatrix and had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, and um, lots of kind of men's rights activists like to pop this into debates or questions because they like to imply that basically I do fundamentally hate men. Um, and that doesn't really understand what the game or role of domination is, especially when I was a service provider and people pay me to do this stuff they'd asked for. Like they didn't really get, they don't really get that, but okay, we'll worry about that another time. But no, right at the end of the debate, when um, we kind of concluded that, um, okay, maybe m- women did do some more of the chores and um, men were working all the time. Um, Kay Burley, who was a presenter, said, well, Mike, we've got these, if, if we do believe in, you know, girl jobs and boy jobs, the majority of um, single people in this country that are kind of living by themselves are women. Who helps them out? He said very sarcastically, well, obviously men should just go in and do all their chores for them. 
Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, you know what, Mike? I think that's a really good idea because when I was a dominatrix, people used to pay me to clean my house. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Yeah. Mike, you've got nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <sighs> you couldn't drop. see it coming. And then the next week he did a little report of the conversation on his blog and he didn't know whether to call me a feminist or not because now he's really confused. This mm. has really just discombobulated him. Um, but then he did kind of... Uh, he did mention the dominatrix, uh, uh, but he couldn't really understand that. And then he said that Kay Burley was biased against him, um, which I don't know if that's true or not, actually. Uh, but then, yeah, he kind of like just kind of left it hanging in the balance and then said, oh, and if anyone's got a pound, a pound for the campaign, please. You know, it, just, mm. it was like just this weird like report of how he'd been treated poorly. He blamed the fact that he was on Skype and couldn't see me. Um, well, have you never been on radio, Mike? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good practice. Yeah, yeah. If Kay Burley's a, a right-thinking person, then she's naturally going to sway towards the person that's... She's going to question, she's going to interrogate him. Yeah. She asked me for my figures, so yeah. where's that... yours, Mike? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But then I don't know if he's got any kind of more, more robust no. uh, evidence to back up his claims since that. But he has been on TV again. He was only on the big questions on B- on the BBC about two months ago. I turned it on and said, him on. I was like, hey! It's Mikey's back. (laughs) What you got this time, Mike? But this time he was on a panel of men talking about masculinity, so that would have been much more of his cup of tea. Oh, yeah, that's his thing. Yeah, get him amongst the boys, fine. Yeah, yeah, just what an odd character. I mean, mean, like, it's just so sad to think of him just sat there in his his room on his own waving his little flag, my my political party. I mean... He, I mean, he did something for the Conservative Party and it didn't work out, so then this is what he's kind of gone to. But he hasn't got any backers. And, mate, if you're only asking for a pound a month, you're not going to get there. Uh, no. Now you do need to read some Tony Robbins. Listen yeah. to Tony Robbins. He'll tell you how to make the money. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OK, Mike Buchanan. Mike Buchanan goes on your island. And who, uh, Is there anything else on Mike before? Anything else on Mike? No. No? That's plenty. OK. <laughs> <laughs> and, Nikki, who's going to be a third person? My third person is going to be my former dentist. Your former dentist? Now, this story isn't going to go where you think it's going to go. Okay. So I know lots of people have a phobia of the dentist Mm. and I've had lots of bad experiences. No, No, I love going to the dentist. Oh, nice, okay. I love to sit back, relax, trust the medical professional to do a good job. Mm. Uh, when I was a child, my mum had this, because she'd had a really negative experience with dentists when she was a little girl, she made a big kind of song and dance about, woohoo, we're going to the dentist. And uh, it worked really well, well with me and my brother because we both don't have any problems. Like, we love going. We, we just don't have any fear. So, okay. so good job, mum. But uh, I had got to this really difficult time where I had to have a root canal treatment and I kept going to this really bad dentist and he tried to do the root canal three times and each time he hadn't anaesthetised me enough so I could feel the drill. And then, and I didn't have any phobia, but I was like, this isn't really working, is it? So we need to go somewhere else. So I took a chance on the dentist uh, that was somewhere else in town and I explained the problem and he kind of assessed it. He was like really charming and really friendly and like, Mm. you know, had great teeth. And I was like, okay, this, you know, Okay, we'll, we'll take a bet on this dentist. And um, he tried to do it. He gave sort of an inspection of my mouth. I like, realised that he couldn't do the work himself. And then he said, you know what I'm going to do for you, Nicola? I'm going to fly in my friend who's an underdontist from Cornwall and he's going to make you better. And that's what he did. And he charged me a very minimal amount. Hmm? And uh, the man did this amazing two-hour work for a, like a third of what it would normally cost. And I was healed. Okay, <laughs> and I was wow. like, woohoo, I found the best dentist in the country. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, you must come back next week for a checkup. <laughs> right. 
So I went back. And in that gap, he'd Googled me and found out that I used to be a dominatrix and that I'd written a book about my sex life. Okay. And then when I was in the dentist's chair and I couldn't say a word, he started to talk to me and ask me all kinds of questions about what I used to get up to. (laughs) No. But what's even worse is he has a self-help book that he's written that he wants to get published. And whenever I've been in the chair and I'm like, can't speak, he's like, so I'm going to tell you about chapter two. Oh, no. Oh, no. Actually, you can't make it up. You can't That's make it up. Unbelievable. You can't. That is I mean, you're seeing a, a common thread here, aren't you? Yeah. Men telling me what to do, yeah. basically, and yeah. I don't like it. I've never respected male authority. That is true. Uh, in, our, our house was definitely matriarchal. It was a gynocracy. I adored my dad. Uh, Bless him, he's not alive anymore, but he had no power or control over me. <laughs> so, sorry, guys. <laughs> it was his fault. <laughs> um, so he's written a self-help book? Well, he has, but he hasn't got it published. So he's when, I, when I'm basically cornered and I can't say anything, he tries to ask me about if I can give it to my publisher and all this kind of stuff. You, I mean, look, you, you do expect when you've written a book for people to ask, would you help me? And if someone does it in a respectful way and they've got something good, then I don't have a problem putting it forward because I, I can't get them published. It's still up to the commissioners of at the publishing yeah. houses, you know. But if someone waits until you're that vulnerable to ask you, it's really manipulative. And he'll also do things like, he'll say, I was reading the article that you wrote about, blah. You know, I was really thinking, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for differences between men and women. You know, it's like, I don't like it when we're going down this path. He's doing it in a respectful way. It's okay. We're just mm. disagreeing. He's like, you know, women like yourself with a, a sort of hourglass figure curvaceous Hang breath. On. What? <laughs> I'm like, mate. Is he saying these things to you? Yeah, he's actually saying this to me. He only ever says it, or he's only ever done it when the nurse is out of the room. Oh, my God. And, and so the last, and this was like the last conversation we had, and, and, and I was in a real quandary because I was like, this is the best dentist that I've ever met. Mm. I'm really afraid that if I need dental care in future, I won't be able to find anyone as good, but I've I've left. But yeah, there won't be the catch. Oh my god! I, of course I just you've left. I just had to leave. Yeah, but he took it took him a long time. It's like it was a slow creep, and he had me when I was so vulnerable. Oh. Then he did white night, and then he became the sexual predator when I'm in his dentist chair. It was just like so weird. But there's this weird sort of line where he's like the sexual predator, but also trying to use oh, you yeah. to get his book published. Yeah. So what's the uh, what's the dynamic? That's very well. It's it's a kind of manipulation again, isn't it? And he's yes. like a very charming man. Mm. He's obviously a sociopath. Mm. I mean, that's fine. I'm probably a bit of a sociopath too. No, I'm not. I'm not actually. I'm a narcissist, but I'm not a sociopath. Okay. There's a difference. (laughs) And everybody I've talked about today is also a narcissist. So obviously narcissists hate narcissists normally. Right. So I'll fully hold my hand up to that, but I'm not a sociopath. Okay. But the dentist is. Okay, but the dentist is. Mm. But you don't go there anymore. I don't go there anymore. How many times did you go back? At least five. Did you? <laughs> did you just persist? You, because did... it was so cheap. Yes. He was amazing. Mm. I knew he was a really skilled dentist, but I just... And, and it was just that thing of him like making out that he's always doing you a favour. I think he gave me cut price because he did think that I would get his book published for him at some point. Okay. So you kind of like, I don't know, you get to station life, it's like, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, okay? But then when you start to get weird and sexual and I'm in your dentist chair, we're just not going there. <laughs> yeah. And only when the nurse is out the room. We're not okay. Going there. Nice. Um, interesting. Was it, did you find it interesting at least to go back? Every time you turn yeah, up, you must course. have thought, what's going to happen? Of today? course. And I, it was like, it became this game in my head because I was like, he's not going to do anything mental. No. He wasn't. There's like loads of people in the practice. Yes. I never thought, I never felt unsafe. Right, okay. It was just this, you know, he was just going, he was just putting his foot over the line again and again. 
Former dentist. Really weird. What's your dentist like now? I don't have one. You don't have one? Okay. I'm going next week to a female dentist. Right. I feel horrible that I have to say that. I don't have to say that. There's loads of good male dentists. Men, I don't hate you. Don't think that. I don't think you're all sleaze bags. But, you know, I just... (laughs) But I'll your... try my luck with a woman this time. And okay. I'm bisexual, so it could go, it could go wrong again. Who cares? <laughs> okay. I just can't face it. Okay. okay, all right. Well, I'm glad you've got a new dentist. Right. That's great. <laughs> and uh, so, former dentist, when was your last appointment at your former dentist? At least a year ago. Oh, so it was quite a while. It was a long time ago. Okay. We're clear. Okay. He's not going to be listening. Okay, fine. No, it's all right. It's fine. <laughs> um, maybe it'll help him get his book published. Uh, okay. And so former dentist goes on the island. Okay, Nikki. Uh, anything else on former dentist before we leave him there? Oh, the other thing that he always used to say is, you know, I'm in a long distance relationship. <laughs> And it's always worked for me, and I just would just not. I'm not going here. What? What? I know what. I know what. I know. You know, in a second, it could have escalated. If I'd have gone, yeah. Okay. Let's go for it. Okay. Right now in the chair. Yes, like, I think yes. he would have done it, but, yeah. mate. Okay. If you plant the seed, Tony Robbins style. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yes, a Tony Robbins. Square the circle. I think mean, Tony Robbins has got a lot to answer for. Okay, poor Tony Robbins is now responsible for all these idiot men in my life, um, which is obviously can't be true, but definitely, the dentists have definitely read Tony Robbins and watched Tony Robbins. But you can see character because you can see characteristics. Yeah, it's this, right? it's this, this deep belief that their version of the truth is bigger and better than anywhere anybody else's. Okay. Because a dentist would talk to me about his book in relation to my book. Okay. Do you get what I mean? Like yes. it couldn't just be like, "Oh, you wrote a really good book." Now listen, you know, he had to say, "Then now listen to me about my book." Right. Okay. Yes. So yeah. Mm, okay. Former dentist goes on the island. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, now mercifully, among the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? It would be tree nuts, which I have a severe anaphylactic shock-related allergy to. (laughs) That's a pretty good reason. I mean, mate, I can't be a spy. Obviously, I'm not a discreet person, for one. Yeah. But I have a massive Achilles heel, which is this nut allergy. And I do sometimes think if I ever get into major trouble, my enemies will just poison me with nuts. That's how I'll die, because cause you, cause then you've murdered me and it looks like an accident. So when you say tree nuts, is that any nuts? Um, pecan nuts, walnuts. Why am I telling my enemies what to kill <laughs> me with? Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm to risk it. Okay. Um, walnuts, pecans, um, Brazil nuts, macadamia nuts, which my mum has in Australia. She lives in Oz and that's a problem. Okay. Um, hazelnuts. Okay, right. They're the beasts. Really? Yeah. How did you learn about this? When I was a child and ate and had... A crazy reaction. And that's it. And then uh, more recently, when I went on 
my fourth date with my now boyfriend. He took me to a naked restaurant. Okay. I mean, I, I thought that was bold. I was like, go on, I'm, I'm up for it then. You don't see anybody else. It's all like beautifully lit and uh, it's called the Bunyadi. Um, I don't know if it's operational at the minute, but it's very cool. Um, it, yeah, it, like the, the, the waiting staff are kind of naked, but for a fig leaf around their little bits. Okay. Um, it's all very sensual. It's not sexual. It's mm. not sleazy. Mm. And you're in these kind of private booths. So you, can't, you know that other people are in the restaurant, but you can't see anyone else. Okay. Um, so we had this lovely dinner and we were naked and we hadn't had sex yet. So um, I thought it was like quite a cool thing to do together. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was like loads of fun. And then when dessert came, dun, 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 it had hazelnuts in it. And I... For, in the nakedness mm. had forgotten oh. about my nut allergy because I just was so distracted obviously and so I forgot to tell them I had this nut allergy and then um, I, I, within seconds I know that I'm going to have a reaction so I excuse myself went to the bathroom I'm like sweating getting puffy like horribly red like exactly what you want on a date not yeah, yeah. Uh, freaking out thinking I haven't got my EpiPen on me I haven't got any medication on me what am I going to do I was like okay you just got to go back in and tell him the truth date's ruined he's never going to call you again life's over never mind but life will be over if you don't say something. So I went back and said, um, so I've got a problem. He's like, what's wrong? And then, Bleh! too late. I was sick three times over my shoulder, naked in front of the man that I was like on a date with. Oh my God. But he was so amazing. Oh. He got me some medication, just said, we'll get out of here. Uh, I, we, to this day, I don't know what the staff think happened. We just basically fled, paid the bill and ran away. Wow. It was dark, so they couldn't see that I'd been sick on the floor. Um, and then, you didn't uh, tell anyone anywhere. No. Okay, no, we didn't out. tell anyone because yeah. we just had to leave because I was going to yeah. erupt. Yeah. And then we got me some medication, antihistamines, and then I was fine. And then I was like... This man's a keeper. Yeah, he's a good one, yeah. Okay. yeah. Sorry, it's a really long segue about why I don't want nuts on the no, island. But yeah, great. nuts is game over, so... Yeah, if you landed on the island... I'll have to eat my own arm. Or Tony Robbins. Yeah. Maybe he'll let me. Actually, thinking about it, maybe it's the best thing if it's all nuts if you landed with these three, because you could just oh, do yourself, yeah. see you later. Yeah. Oh, right? but it's such a painful death. Okay, James, right, it's yeah. horrid. Okay. It's not even like... You can't just take a nut in your sleep and be gone. Right, it's okay. suffering for three hours. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think I'd rather sh like throw myself into shark infested waters. <laughs> yeah. It'd be over quicker. Okay, it must be a, it must be a tough life having to check everything everywhere well, you go the, all the, the time. The thing that makes it tough is the fact that everything says may contain nuts, may yes. contain traces of nuts, so, and they, we just have such a poor labelling system in this country. And I'm actually thinking of starting a campaign about it because I would like genuine labelling because you have to play Russian roulette every time you eat something. Yes. Um, and I've had an attack on a Malaysia Airlines flight where nobody would like touch me and handle me and they had to do a call out for a doctor and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die on this shit airline. <laughs> and you know, you just have all these moments of like near death, uh, you know, and, and they're always horrid because you're like, I look disgusting, please give my corpse some antihistamines so at least I look pleasant in the coffin. I mean, you can tell I'm a narcissist, but you know, these are, th these are thoughts that go through your head. I'm going to die hideously, painfully, alone and look ugly when they find me. What would be your preferred airline to die on? I, well, I, Qatar, I mean, Qatar, Qatar yeah, Airlines, okay, yeah. uh, Emirates, I have a good yeah. experience with, yeah. no nuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not Malaysia. Um, Nikki, what's going to be your drink choice? The drink that I can't stand. Mm. This is going to be very controversial. Okay. A Bloody Mary. A Bloody Mary. So my boyfriend is a bar owner. Okay. Trust me, I've drunk every alcohol that exists on this earth <laughs> at some point and regularly taste new concoctions of them. What is this bar? Am I allowed to name it? Yeah. So he owns... 
disrepute in Soho. Okay. Which is a lovely little sexy 60s cocktail bar. Just around the corner from here, actually, yeah. James. You can easily pop across for yeah. a little beverage uh, after I you think finish. I might, yeah. And then he has Barrio as well, which is the Latin party bar, and there's four of them in London. Nice, okay. So, yeah. And they've, they've got all these delicious drinks. They've got all trying. these delicious drinks. I do the cocktail descriptions, which I have loads of fun with. I make them as rude as possible. Okay. Um, we have to fight about how rude it's allowed to be. Okay. Um, but, yeah, a Bloody Mary. I just what? can't... I, I, I don't have any problem with tomatoes or vodka or celery, but when you combine them, or Tabasco, I just can't... I, I want to throw up. Mm, okay. But I suppose on the island, the vodka... I don't know. That, the vodka might make it bearable. Yeah. After the first two, you could probably drink the third one way more easily. So... Mm. The idea of the worst drink then would have to be a Virgin Bloody Mary. Okay, and then you just have a Bloody Virgin Mary. Which way around is it? I don't I even d- know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. Either sounds terrible. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, just uh, tomato juice. First off, that's disgusting. Tabasco and celery. Um, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. I don't think I've ever had a Bloody Mary. But just because it never appeals to me. But that's how I felt. And then everyone's like, oh, you've got to have one. It's brilliant. We're going to go on an all day. You've got to start with a Bloody Mary. I'm like, bloody, (laughs) never give me that drink again. I'd rather start with a gin and tonic. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, champagne's fine, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Bloody Mary, no way. I've been there. I've been in those situations. And there's options for uh, what to have with your breakfast. There's a Bloody Mary as an option. It just looks vile in that jug like glass with a piece of celery stuck at the top. Okay, and sometimes it's shrimp on top. No, yeah, come on. That's, that's just off the scale, though. That's, that's And I, on an island, there'd be lots of shrimp, so I imagine Tony Robbins would put me a massive shrimp on top as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, surely that's just a recipe for disaster, though, putting a shrimp on top. Yeah, because where I'm going to stick it when he gives it to me, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Mickey. Anyway, Sorry. I'm getting too much into this. I no, think no, like, you know right. this, this demonic fantasy is, be- is beginning to take shape for me, James. I, I'm going to blame you if I have nightmares about it. Okay, I'm sorry. People often say that about me. <laughs> Just um, use this as an opportunity to get all of this out, and then yeah, when you leave here, free. Yeah. Um, Nikki, fortunately f- for you, you won't be about entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One has your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and what? <laughs> well, the film is definitely going to be a Tony Robbins motivational video. Because oh, okay. they do have them on airlines. No way. It's really common. I don't know which one's Virgin, maybe. Um, sorry, I don't want to libel you, Richard Branson, if you're listening. I don't know if it is Virgin, but there's, you definitely get Tony Robbins videos on airlines. Because if you're going to, if you're business traveling or whatever, yeah, yeah. you've got to get yourself in the right zone, okay, right? Yes, it's yeah. that idea. So I reckon it would just be his program. And he's like, well, you can listen to me or you can listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of little eight minute videos. <laughs> just like, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it'd be that. Yes. Okay. Tony Robbins motivational film. Jeez. He, he pops up in other films as well. I saw that, right? He's in, he's in like Shallow Howe and some other films. You see, he does cameos. He does cameos. Ah! I know. He does cameo- he does cameos like on maybe on The Simpsons and like other stuff as well. Oh my I God. Know. Can he take the mick out of himself? That's interesting. Uh, um, it also said that uh, he's got like uh, really badly reviewed in his mm. cameos. So not very good. Okay. Basically. I'm so, going to, yeah. the next time I want to torture myself, I'm going to go down a YouTube hole and, and yes. Google Tony Robbins cameos. Don't tell me you haven't done that already. No, of course I haven't. What are you talking about? I hate this man. I'm not that stupid to subject myself to sorry. it routinely. Sorry, sorry. Okay, um, Nikki, what's going to be your song choice? Um, just anything by Coldplay. Anything by Coldplay. Literally anything. Why do you? Why don't you like Coldplay? 
<laughs> this is going to sound insane. Okay. So I'm going to say it. Um, when I was a teenager, yeah. just about to start my university course, okay. I read that Chris Martin had a first class degree from a London university. UCL, okay. is it? I think so. I don't know. And I remember thinking, if Chris Martin can get a first, I've got to be able to get a first. Yeah. And I did get a first, but I do think a large chunk of it was that I couldn't bear to not get one if Chris Martin could get one because I despise the music that he'd produced and what he'd used okay. all his learning for. Okay, yeah. If this is what you studied for, Chris, <laughs> putting this build out into the universe, torturing me, then I don't yeah. think you should have done any reading of any books. Oh, so, wow. I, it's totally irrational, totally ridiculous. So you but it's not, but it's actually the music. I, I just hate the, you know, the dad drama of it. That's the way I would describe it. Okay, yes, it is a bit dad drama. When he kisses it? the stage, when he comes on at Glastonbury. Oh, my God, okay. please. It's just so embarrassing. Yes, that kind of so stuff. So embarrassing. Oh, my God, that is embarrassing. I never thought of that yeah. before. Um, so you've kind of put yourself in direct competition with him throughout your university career. <laughs> I just remember, you know, sometimes like when you're young and you just read something for some reason, it's obviously an anxiety that you're having and it really resonates with you. Mm. But at this point, I thought, oh my God, if Chris Martin can do it, I've got to do it. (laughs) So Chris, I'm really grateful to you if you're listening because that verse has stood me in really good stead. I wouldn't be the publisher author I am today without you. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I've got to say thank you to the man. Yeah, but just not their music. But just not your music. Okay. Any song in particular? Yellow. Yellow. Oh. Yellow's going to be the one. Okay. And it was all yellow. You don't get more beige than yellow, really. Do you know what I mean? You don't get more beige than yellow. yellow there you go. Mm. Um, okay, Coldplay, yellow. Um, Nikki, and finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? A crayfish. A crayfish? Why a crayfish? Because, James, I just have a thing about antennae. Ah, I can't. Okay. I don't know what it is. It's the movement. It's weird because spiders don't bother me. Mm. Snakes, I mean, not a fan, but... Take them or leave them, yeah. You know, not not greatly upset. Can go and look at one, doesn't get... Don't get kind of like the heebie-jeebies when I look at it. But anything with tentacles, oh, my goodness. Really? Well, I mean, somebody once tried to tell me that it's because it's a kind of phallocentric thing and it reminds me of two penises coming towards me. What? It's rubbish. What? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound that bad. Um... <laughs> I just, what? Who said it's that? It's nothing to do with that. Not everything is about you and your penis. You understand? <laughs> Some stupid man tried yeah. to tell me it was like, oh, it's just the fear of a double penis intrusion. <laughs> what? That is ridiculous. <laughs> I just don't like the motion. No. I just don't like the yeah. motion. They've got too many legs, scuttlers, don't even taste that nice. You're no. rubbish crayfish. I don't want you on the island, okay. but you'll be there. They will be there, won't they? <laughs> Most likely. It's almost like... It's probably like the most likely thing to be around. <laughs> the most likely island. thing. Yeah, the... So you'll have to try and find a way to make them taste good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, crayfish is going to be um, animal choice. Nikki, thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, t- but Nikki, please tell me about your book. Okay, my amazing, tremendous book <laughs> yes. is called The Curious History of Dating yes. from Jane Austen to Tinder. It is a 300-year history of dating. Oh, my God, that sounds so boring. I promise you it's not. <laughs> it's really fun. It's full of filth insane statistics about people washing out condoms in the 1860s to reuse them with carbolic soap. No um, way. Parliament having a debate about these 
two couples that went on a swinging holiday in caravans and one petrol bombed the other and whether they should like make a law about petrol bombing swingers in caravans no. <laughs> in the 70s. Really? And just, just the most crazy stuff you've never read in, uh, yeah, parliamentary records or in the news. That's amazing. And it was so much fun to write. It's yeah. just like a rollick, a rollick through 300 years of rude history. It's not really about dating, it's about sex, it's about marriage, it's about, uh, you know, uh, what kinds of freedoms people have to love who they want to love. It's a lot about LGBT dating. Um, and it's lots of fun. And and if you can't be bothered to read it, mm. you can just uh, get the audible version and it's me narrating. So if you've enjoyed my voice today and my <laughs> preposterous way of speaking, you'll enjoy the book. If you haven't, stay away. Okay, <laughs> buy the book instead and read it yourself. Um, okay, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Nikki. So people can get that now on Audible. Yep, it's available right now. And if people want to find you, can they find you on Twitter? Or? Please find me. I love abuse on Twitter. It's great. I live for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, please, no, please do find me. I honestly, genuinely enjoy a good old debate. I'm on at Nikki Hodgson, uh, my website, www.nickihodgson.com. Um, follow me on Instagram. That's also quite rude. Lots of pig and dog pictures, though. Okay. Um, Have you got pigs and dogs? No, that's why I put pictures of them up. Okay. Just to inspire me. Okay. It's like my vision board no. in the language of Tony Robbins. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. 